Thank you so much for tuning in to Encounter AZ's podcast. We are believing that God is going to use this ministry to change your life. Now enjoy the message. As you're taking your seats, I want to I want to remind you of a couple things before I continue our series Unstuck this morning. Um, keep praying for uh, our leaders that are at youth camp and also our kids that are there tonight is their last night. They come back in the morning and I'm just believing it's going to be awesome, powerful testimonies of what God's done. I've already heard God's been moving. Pastor Casey, our children's pastor, is speaking to the, the kids of the state and so just keep praying for him and and our kids. Uh, I guess Katie's going to get baptized. My daughter's getting baptized tomorrow morning so I'm going to be there and see that. It's exciting and it had nothing to do with me. That's the best thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but also keep praying uh, for them. And also I want to remind you that this week we're going on a family camping trip. If you want to go with us, uh, see us at the Welcome Center after church. We're leaving on Thursday, coming back on Saturday. We're going up to the mountain. Uh, we had to change plans because uh, there hasn't been any rain. So we're no longer going to the rim. We're going to go up by Williams. It's like the only part of the forest that's open. We're not going to start any forest fires. Uh, just Holy Spirit fires. Amen. That was a very, that was a very church thing to say, wasn't it? Um, I want to preach to you a message along our series, Unstuck, this morning. My message is titled, Stalled. Stalled. If you're taking notes, the title is Stalled. Have you ever been stuck before? Have you ever been stuck in an elevator? Anybody been stuck in an elevator? That's like the worst fear, right? It's not, you don't want to do that. How many of you are scared of being stuck in confined spaces? My wife will freak if she gets in like a small space or if she's in a crowd of people that's pushing on her. She can't handle it. Uh, we just hate getting stuck. It's the way uh, we're made. How many of you hate like me getting stuck waiting for the cable guy? Ever, anybody ever been stuck? These people have too much power. I'm telling you. Uh, they say we'll have someone there between the hours of eight and eight. Are someone going to be home? You're like, I don't know. Like, can you give me a more specific time? But there's just, you get stuck waiting for Andrew to come to your house and do your Cox cable. Maybe you've been stuck in a conversation with someone that you didn't want to talk to. You ever been stuck in one of those? Raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, then you probably are that person. People are like, don't, don't make eye contact. Just look away. Keep walking. I didn't hear you. Uh, what about being stuck in an airport? Anybody ever been stuck in an airport? I've been stuck for a little while, not too bad, but you know what I hate is I hate getting stuck like in your seat when everyone's getting off the plane. You ever been stuck waiting for people? It feels like they take forever. And like these are hobbit sized airplanes are like perfect size for my wife is what I'm saying, but I, I can't sit down any longer. So you stand up and you're like this because the overhead thing and you're standing like this for 20 minutes waiting for people to go by. I feel stuck. And don't even get me started, if someone behind me tries to skip ahead of my row and go before my row, you will test my Christianity if you try and take cuts. Um, but I hate it. I'm pretty sure we all know the feeling of being stuck at some point in our lives. And I want to read from Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 35 this morning, just, just a small part of this story. God bless you. And uh, we're going to uh, take it from there. It says in verse 35, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd go by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, I think this story is in scripture uh, to let us know what it might feel like to be stuck on the side of the road like this guy. This guy was just stuck here on the side of the road. Have you ever been driving and everything's going great and all of a sudden something in your car breaks and you're stuck 
on the side of the road. It's the worst. Uh, I want to tell you one more story before I get serious this morning. I, when I was living in Texas, uh, I moved to Texas and I had to buy a truck because if you're in Texas and you don't have a truck, you're judged. Like that's it. You can't, you can't be in Texas without a truck. So I bought this little truck and it was old. It was like a beater, you know, it wasn't a nice truck. And uh, I only drove it around town. I didn't really trust it to drive uh, far. And, and one day I had to go to the next town and I told my wife, hey, I need to drive your car. You can drive my truck today because I need to go to the next town. And she made, she made a remark. She said, and she's not here so I can talk about her, but um, she, she's at camp, so pray for her. But I told her I was going to. It's okay. I'm kidding. But she, she said, uh, why do you even have a truck if you can't drive it to the next town? What's the point? And so I started thinking about it. And I said, okay, yeah, you're probably right. Maybe it can make it to the next town. And so I'm driving um, just praying as I do in the car, worshiping, you know, the spiritual things. I'm kidding. And all of a sudden, something broke in the truck in the middle of nowhere. I broke down on the side of the road. And let me tell you just a little background on me. I'm an Arizona boy. Like, I don't do cold. And this was on an eight-degree day in northern Texas, wind chilled, negative three, Okay. And I'm not prepared, like I'm dressed like I am right now, I have a light jacket on, and, uh, and my phone is dead, okay? I'm seriously sitting in my truck, my truck will not start, my phone is dead in the middle of nowhere, and I think to myself, this is it. This is how I'm going to die. And, and uh, the only thing that kept me motivated, I had to get out and walk to this factory, this first one I could see in the distance. I walked down there probably a quarter mile to a half mile and used their phone to call my wife. You know what the only thing to keep me going was that whole time is I thought to myself, I'm going to tell my wife. I told you so. I told you this truck could not make it to the next town. If I perish, I perish. But I got to get to this phone to tell my wife I was right. How She almost killed me that day. But... I was stuck. I was overheated and my truck stalled. The definition of stalled is something that has stopped making progress. And can I tell you this morning, some of you, if not all of you, know what that feels like. Some of you have been stalled in life. Some of you, if you're honest with yourself, you're not making progress in your relationship with God and you've been stalled in the same place. Here's a good litmus test to see if this might apply to you. If you look back at yourself maybe five years ago and you don't disagree with the old you, then you probably haven't grown. Because growth means uh, God at some point is going to contradict you and there's going to be some changes in your life, but some of you are the same you you were five to ten years ago. And we're stalled. And we come into these seasons of our life where we don't experience any growth and we're no wiser, we're no more mature, we're no more free than I was five to ten years ago. I think God is a God of doing a new thing. He wants to move forward. He doesn't stop when, when we think he's done with us. He's always doing something more. So if I've come to a stop and I'm not growing, then it has nothing to do with God. It usually has something to do with me, like this man, being stuck on the side of the road. People passing you by, people growing, people falling in love with Jesus, people experiencing doing ministry, people, people just growing and going on to the next thing in their life, and you're stuck on the side of the road. You ever been there? I want to ask for a volunteer this morning as I, as I tell us some things that make us feel unstuck. Let me pick someone I don't usually pick. Adam, you want to, you're perfect. Adam, good. Thank you for volunteering. Adam, is, he's got his legs back, so I've got to use them. 
Um, I think a lot of times there's a few things I want to talk to you about that cause us to get stalled in our relationship with God in our life. And the first one is this, is I think, oh, hopefully this doesn't make a loud noise. But I think a lot of times we lose vision. We put that on for me. We lose vision. Like Adam here, who's, lose, who's lost vision. Um, and I think I want to read Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says this, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. And another translation says, where there is no vision, people perish. And I think what this represents is there, we come to a point in our life sometimes where we get stalled and we have no vision or purpose of what our future is going to look like. We have no direction of where we're going and it's important that we understand where we're going. And it's important that we know God has a plan for our life. Otherwise, we walk around aimlessly and wandering, not knowing where we're going. Like Adam here. Adam, do me a favor and go find Joey, will you? Joey, don't make a noise. This is what some of us look like in our relationship with God. He's guessing. He's guessing where Joey normally sits. I don't want to see you fall. That would be, that would be pitiful. But... All right, I'm just messing. You ain't going to find him. It's okay. But you can't find somebody if you're, if you're walking aimlessly and wandering and you have no vision of where you're going. And in the same way with our life, we're not going to find what we're looking for if we have no vision of what God wants for us. But some of us walk around and we get stalled in our life, wandering around here and there aimlessly, looking for something or someone to fulfill us, looking for a Jerry Maguire moment. You complete me. Can I tell you something? Nobody and nothing will complete you other than Jesus Christ himself. He's the only thing you're ever going to need. The only thing that's going to meet that need in your life. You don't have to walk around aimlessly. Some people have no vision because they can't stop looking back. They can't stop looking back at past failures, at their weaknesses. Some people, um, they, they can't stop looking forward at victories. You were walking towards everything God had for you and you failed. And I'm going to explain what I mean about victories in a minute. But you, you look back and, and you remember that moment where you committed adultery and you're stalled. You remember that moment where your boss fired you and now you blame your boss, but your, your life is stalled. You remember that moment where your, your marriage fell apart and your spouse left you and now you're stalled. You remember that moment where you stopped and you realized God did not act the way you expected and now your relationship is stalled. And now you're stuck on the side of the road. And I think we always discuss uh, looking back at past failures in life. But can I just tell you this morning, I don't think we look back at past victories enough and say sometimes you got to let old things go and understand God wants to do a new thing in this season. Because we, we can sit around and say, oh, do you remember how it used to be? Mm. Do you remember how church used to be? Remember when we used to sing the old songs? Mm-hmm. I remember that. And I love those songs. But put on your glasses, dude. What are you doing? You don't have vision right now. I'm just gonna, but, or you remember, I, you ever talk to someone who says, I know God, I had, a, I had this awesome encounter with God years ago. Can I tell you something? God does not want you to look back at past encounters, past things, past victories, and be satisfied with that. God wants you to get a vision for what he wants to do now in your life because he's a now God and he's always doing more and moving on. He doesn't want you to get stuck on the side of the road. But something happens over the years sometimes of serving God. We lose vision. We get satisfied. I, I hear this story about this couple, and every day this couple would ride in their truck, uh, and uh, the wife would always sit right next to the husband. He'd put his arm around her. They were so in love as they'd drive, and the, they'd, have, they'd just have no room in between them. And over the years, 
Slowly the wife, you know, the husband, he, he couldn't reach her anymore. She slowly started getting farther and farther away until she was sitting by the window. She'd just stare out the window on their drives. And one day she looked at him and said, how come we never sit next to each other when we drive like we used to? How come you never put my, your arm around me? And he looked at her and said, well, I didn't move. You did. And can I be honest? I think we do that with God sometimes. God, how come it's, it's not like it used to be? How come I don't experience you like I used to? How come I remember those encounters I had? It's just different now. How come church feels different? How come my relationship with you feels different? I think God's answer to some of us this morning would be, I didn't move. You did. God doesn't change. He doesn't want us to be stuck on the side of the road. But like that woman, we get distracted and we start looking out the window of life and looking around at other things and forget that our love for Jesus Christ needs to come first. This man, he could not see. And we we see from the story only one area of his life was broken. And I think... If we're honest with ourselves, some of you, this is how your life looks. There's one area of your life that's been broken, and you keep dealing with it. Uh, You think, I don't know if I'm ever going to come out of this, and you're watching people pass you by. You lose vision. The second thing is, I think that may make a stall, and Adam's going to continue to help me here, is I think we get stalled when we get hurt. And these happen to be Adam's, so he knows how to use them. Here you go. We get hurt. Luke chapter 10 verse 30 says, In reply, Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Interesting that word Jericho in both these stories. When he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. He was left on the side of the road. This man was hurt. The the people, I need to tell you, the people that hurt you in your life are so hurt themselves that they hurt you. Hurting people hurt people. And, and they walked out of your life, but you still remember the words they said and the things that they did to you like it was yesterday. And you're hurt. And like this man, it can, it can stall us and we're hurt on the side of the road. The difference is the blind man could ask for help. We don't even see record of this hurt man even asking for help. Some of you, you don't even know how to deal with your hurt so much that you don't even reach out. You're not in a community group. You don't have anybody around you that you reach out to when you're going through something and you try and go through it yourself. You're not in relationship with other people. You're hurt. And the last way I feel like that we can get stuck on the side of the road I want to discuss this morning is is through failure. And Adam already has his head hang down, which I think is, is some of our postures. We go, through, we go through things in life and, and we experience failure and we hold our head down in shame and we're stuck like Adam with no vision and he's hurt and he's experiencing shame from his failures. Israel's failure and their disobedience caused them to wander the wilderness for 40 years before God moved them into the promised land. Joshua chapter 5 verse 6, starting in verse 6 says this, the Israelites had moved about in the wilderness 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died, since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land. He had solemnly promised their ancestors to give us a land flowing with milk and honey. They were stuck on the side of the road for 40 years, dealing with failure, dealing with disobedience. They walked around this same mountain over and over and over. 
Sometimes I think when you're stuck, it takes you a long time to get sick and tired of being stuck and say, it's time for me to get up and get out of here and get on to the, a, a new thing. And I think some of you this morning, you've been stuck for so long in, in your failure that you forgot that God actually has promised you something that he wants you to move into and it's time to stop walking around the same mountain over and over. In fact, I have a declaration for you this morning and it comes from Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, when God was speaking to the Israelites when they were in the wilderness. He said, It says, then we turn back and set out towards the wilderness along the route to the Red Sea as the Lord had directed me. For a long time, we made our way around the hill country of Seir. Then the Lord said to me, you have made your way around this hill country long enough. Now turn north. Can I speak to you this morning until you have made your way around this same mountain for long enough? It's time to stop and focusing on that failure and where you've been stuck and just say, God, I believe that you have something more for me. I'm going to turn north. I'm going to put my eyes northward and towards you, and I'm going to begin to move into everything that you have for me. There's good news for you this morning. You are not stuck. You just stop moving. God never comes to a place where he gives up on you. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable, says the Lord. That means he doesn't forget about you. He's not done with you. It's time to get up and start moving again. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I remember when I was 15, 16 years old, I, I was learning to drive, and I, and I don't know about you, but I wasn't a natural. If you, ask, if you don't believe me, ask my dad. He's sitting there, and he'll tell you I was not a natural, but when it, when it came time to take my test, I had prepared, and I passed that test. How silly would it be for me to now being my age, however old that might be, my early 20s, I don't know, um, but to be still taking the same test over and over. But some of us in our life, that's been our story. God is trying to teach me something and move me into a new place, and he keeps giving me the same test, and I keep doing it over and over. New church, same test. New relationship, same test. But it's always their fault. No, God is trying to teach me something, and it's time for me to move past the old thing and say, I'm done taking this test. I'm ready for a new test. I'm ready to move on to the next level. If you're struggling with the same test you had five years ago, you're probably not developing. Can I be honest this morning? You're not developing. And this is a generation that is obsessed with being discovered. I don't know if you know this, but everyone wants to be discovered. Justin Bieber got found on YouTube. I want to get a check mark on Twitter. I want to be Instagram famous. I want to be discovered. Can I ask you if, if you would stop that and start with me focusing more on being developed than being discovered because God is trying to develop us and he wants to give us some more character and he wants to exp- us to experience some growth to get to what he has for us. But we got to be developed. I'm sick and tired of being stuck and I'm ready to move on. I want to be developed. I want God to help me and give me the life that he has for me. And I, I, my promise for you this morning is God is faithful. And in every single story in this that we've talked about this morning, he comes in. Jesus comes in to the blind man and gives him back his sight. Almost done. <laughs> the good Samaritan, who's a representation of Jesus, comes in and he pays for this man's wounds to be healed. He gives him a room at the inn until this man is healed and gets him back on his feet. And then he lifts up his head and he, he takes the Israelites into their destiny. You can sit down. He, he lifts up their head and says, your destiny still awaits you. Lift up your head and turn northward. And they move into everything God has for them. So my, the way I wanted to uh, kind of conclude this is not to leave you hanging. I want to tell you how you get unstuck from these three things, okay? 
The first way, when you don't have vision, the way you get unstuck is God wants to give you purpose. Some of us, we wander around with no vision, no purpose in our lives. That's why we jump from one relationship to another. That's why we go from issue to issue, looking for fulfillment in people and things. I'm drifting, I'm running aimlessly, looking to anything just to fulfill me in my life. And, I want, and again, I want to be honest with you this morning. Um, there's a certain type of people that just scare me that I want to confess to you this morning. And that's people that like running. Is there anybody here that likes running? Ooh, you, I don't trust you. Like, I don't get it. Um, to me, I, like the word fun run, that's an oxymoron. Like, those are opposites that should not be in the same. It's like country music. You know what I mean? It's like it's oxymoron. I'm just kidding. I lost you. I lost you on country music. But can I tell you this morning, I, I could never pay money to do a fun run. That's just, what's the purpose for me? I, I don't want to run with no purpose. Now, if I'm being chased, I know exactly why I'm running, and I will run to the finish. But I think that's how we, our lives are sometimes. We, we run without purpose, and, and, and we don't understand where we're actually going. Another example would be uh, shopping, the difference between my wife and I shopping. I shop with a purpose. Like, I am in, I go to the shoe section. If that's what I'm getting, I get my shoes, I get out. Boom, job done. My wife wanders aimlessly around the mall. It is an all-day ordeal for my wife to go shopping. Now, what's better, uh, shopping with purpose or shopping aimlessly? Can I get an amen? No? I hear a lot of guys' voices. But... I want to ask you this morning, what do you want? Do you want to run intentionally or do you want to wander aimlessly in your relationship with God? I want to run intentionally. Can I tell you, my time on this earth is limited. There's a number of days that I have and I want to be intentional with every moment that I have so I can stand before God someday and and I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to wander aimlessly and just say, oh, I'm just looking for a fix of what's going to make me happy today and what can I get by, oh, I enjoy this. Guess what? I want to do exactly what God wants me to do and in that I will find fulfillment in my life. I don't need to wander aimlessly looking to things and we say things like, like maybe I need more friends. That's my problem. Maybe I need more things. That, I just feel like I need more things in my life. I, that would make me happier if I, if I had a new car. Uh, maybe I just need to get out more. That's it. I'm just feeling down. I need to get out more. Uh, maybe I need a different relationship. That's it. It's him. It's not me. It's her. It's not me. I just need a different relationship. Or maybe uh, I just need to go out and find myself. We say things like this. We say things thinking that something on the outside is actually going to fulfill us on the inside. Can I tell you, you don't need those things. You need vision and purpose to run in the direction that God wants you to run. And in that, you will find every single thing that you are looking for in your relationships. You'll find everything you're looking for in your career and everything that's going to fulfill your desire of your heart. God will give you. He does above and beyond all I can ask, think, or even imagine. He's a beyond God, and I'm not going to settle for what I think is going to fulfill me. I want to run purposely towards everything God says will fulfill me if I have no vision. The second way, after uh, God wants to give you purpose, if you're hurt, God wants you to forgive those who hurt you. Jesus, he tells this parable about a man who, who had been forgiven a debt. He owed his master so much money, and in the scripture, Jesus is just telling a parable, which is like a story that teaches a point. 
a theological point. And so he's telling him this man had been forgiven so much money from his master, and uh, he went away free. He just said, all right, I forgive your debt. Get out of here. This man's, you know, he's skipping out of there. He's so excited, and another man comes to him who owes him like 20 bucks. And he's like, hey, I can't pay you that 20 bucks. And this man who'd just been forgiven so much money looks at him and says, where's my 20 bucks? You owe me. And then he, he comes down on this man and has him thrown in prison. In Matthew 18, 32 through 35, I want to read this part of the story. It says, then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured unless he should pay back all he owed. This is why I know the Bible was not written by man. It does not fit my desires. This is a story I am uncomfortable with in the scripture. And then it goes on in verse 35 to say, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Wow. You know what forgiveness is? It's not saying that the other person was right. It's saying, I want to be right. I want to be right in my heart. I want to know that I'm right with God. I want to, I'm not going to let this uh, control me any longer. But sometimes we sit on the side of the road waiting for an apology that will never come. And you're stuck waiting for that person to realize the error of their ways. And can I tell you something? That they are not stuck. They've moved on. Like they don't even know or care that you're still mad and you haven't forgiven them. It's time to move on and say, God, I'm surrendering it to you because you can keep rehearsing your past over and over and the only person it's killing is you. You have to kill it before it kills you. I know you were hurt and I know what they did was wrong, but you got to refuse to stay stalled and stuck any longer and say, I'm not going to allow that thing in my past to control my future anymore. I'm allowing God to have it. People are passing you by, growing and flourishing and experiencing God and doing great things for God and you're stuck thinking about something that was done to you that wasn't your fault, that you never received an apology for, but you're sitting on the side of the road. I need you to know this morning you may have been wounded, but Jesus Christ died for your wound. And you can get up and you can move on from what happened to you. It does not define you. And you need some people around you who are not going to rehearse your past with you. We think we're being good friends sometimes. Let me tell you this first. People who, everyone who's good to you is not necessarily good for you. And we think people are being good friends or we're being good friends when we sit with people and go, I can't believe they did that to you. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I'm offended about their offense. We need some people who are going to rehearse the word of God to me. We need some people who are going to speak to my future and not to my past. You need some friends who are more concerned about you than they are your friendship. You need some people who are going to come to you and stick their finger in your chest sometimes and say, that is not who you are, and God created you for more than that. If you have to choose between telling somebody that you care about the truth or keeping them as a friend, you don't have a friend. 
You have a conditional associate. If you tell them everything that they want to hear, they will be your friend. That is not a friend. We need some people in our lives who will, like I said, stick their finger in your chest and say, God has a plan for you, and you're not going to stay stuck. What those people did to you does not define you, and it's time to move on because that situation from your past will not control your future. We need to be those kind of Christians, and we need those kind of Christians around us who will be honest with us. The last way you get unstuck if you've experienced failure is God wants you to take the next step. You see, every single one of us, if we're here today and we're being honest, can say that we've all experienced failure in life. Every one of us has failed from time to time, and nobody wants to fail in life. Nobody said, hey, today I want to be a failure. But that's the thing. We think because we failed, we're a failure. You're not a failure. That's, a, that's an instance. That's a situation that happened to you. The mistake that you made, it does not define you. You're defined by who God says you are. But, and we cannot allow a failure to be a period in our life when God wants it to be a comma. Some things we think are final that God, has, that God has not said are final. We keep going around the same mountain over and over without moving on because of failure like the Israelites. We, we do this, we compromise the same way. We get into other toxic relationships. We keep making bad decisions. And my encouragement for you this morning is if you are stuck, turn to God. Turn to God. Because in 1 John 1, 9, I see hope here. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I know you might have failed, but I love this scripture because it says, if we confess our sins, then... If, then. If, then. See, God is saying, if you take the first step, I'll forgive your sins and I'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God is saying, keep moving. Take one step at a time. You might feel like it's over, but just take a step. That's not a period. It's a comma in your life. There's a story that I love that illustrates this in the Word, and, and I, I love this story. It's a, Jesus, he comes to this, this little girl's funeral. And in the, at a funeral on that day, their family and all their friends would gather around and they'd be wailing and crying and screaming. And the, and the culture would tell you the louder that you screamed and wailed, the more you loved that person. And so they would, Jesus would have walked into this funeral where all her family and friends were screaming and all these distractions aside. And uh, he has the nerve to say something interesting in this story. He says, this little girl is not dead. She's sleeping. And then uh, something interesting again happens in the story, and everyone laughs at Jesus. I don't think it's ever a good idea to laugh at Jesus unless he cracks a joke, but he, he does something interesting. And I think it's important that we realize there's all this screaming and, and all these distractions going on around him. And the very first thing he does is he says to some people, get out. Because he understands there's an environment that is not beneficial to the miracle that I want to do in this situation right here. You might think this is a period, it's a comma, it's not over. But first, there's some things and some people I need to say to get out of my life. And if you've experienced failure, I want to tell you right now, there's some negative thoughts. You need to first tell, get out. There's some, there's some people in your life that you may need to tell to get out. There's some, there's some anxiety in your life that you need to tell to get out. Some fear needs to get out. I'm ready to cast out every insecurity and every hopelessness that tells me that things are over. It is not over. I'm saying this morning, get out of my life. Everything that is not for God's purpose in my life and that's holding me back and holding me stalled, it's time to get out and prepare the environment this morning for God to move and bring me out of that failure. Jesus, he has all these people get out and, and then we realize something he was right it's not over 
he looks at this woman who's, who's by all circumstances, by everyone else's assessment, she's dead. And he says, get up. I believe that's God's word for somebody this morning who's been stuck in failure and you feel like you're not worthy to serve God anymore and everyone around you said, wow, I can't believe you and you might have had some failures and you look back and, you, and you're disgusted by the things you did and the words you said to people and how you hurt those people. It might have been your fault, but my word from God for you this morning is get up. You can't sit there anymore. That is not a period. It's a comma. If it was a period, you wouldn't be breathing. You wouldn't be seated here this morning. God wants to do something through your life, but you got to get up this morning you got to get up and say God I believe that's a comma can I get the worship team to come help me please it's time to move it's time to move I need you to know this morning that you were born with purpose you were born with power and gifting from God but some of you like this are stuck on the side of the road a failure Maybe it was a hurt. Maybe, maybe you lost vision and you just can't even see what God would have for you anymore. And all this stuff has distorted your view and, and now you sit there thinking it's over. I need you to know this morning, it is not over. It's time to come into alignment with what God created you to do. I, I heard this um, story about this author, Miles Monroe. He was a pastor and an author and and he, uh, he was traveling with this other minister, and he, they were stuck in traffic. And they were sitting there in traffic, and, and uh, all of a sudden, they see these red and blue lights coming on the side of them on the shoulder. And, uh, and uh, these, these red and blue lights fly by, and there's someone behind them. Who knows what it was? Maybe there was a woman having a baby. You never know in those situations. But they had a police escort going right on the shoulder of the road. And Miles Monroe looked at this pastor and said, do you, did you see that? He said, yeah. And he said, that's the difference between power and authority. And he said, every single car that we're sitting here next to has power. But until they get in alignment with authority, doors don't open. And the power that they have, they can't even use it. And I need you to know this morning, you are born with power. And the reason you haven't been seeing it is because you've been trying to use it and put it in alignment with the wrong things. But in the name of Jesus this morning, I just declare that your power and your calling is coming in alignment with the God who created you. And there are things in front of you that he's going to begin to open doors for you to do the ministry that he called you to do. He's going to open doors and relationships for you to receive every promise that he has for you in the name of Jesus. Will you stand up to your feet with me? God, we just pray right now. If you're comfortable, I just ask you to lift your hands and just say, Jesus, we come into alignment with your will for our life this morning, God. Lord, I pray for every person that's been stuck on the side of the road because they had no vision, because they were hurt, or because they failed. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we say we are not staying here any longer. And in the spirit of Bartimaeus, I'm taking off my coat that represented who I used to be, and I'm leaving it behind, and I'm running to Jesus. God, we come in alignment with you this morning. I believe this city is going to feel the effects of the alignment that's taking place in this room this morning among young people, among older people, that you're saying, if I was done with you, I would have put a period on your life but this morning I'm saying that's a comma keep moving get up don't stop don't give up in the middle of failure don't give up in the middle of being hurt it's time to move on I want to speak specifically to some people that were hurt that those 
that person in your past, they said those things to you and you remember it like it was yesterday. And for, for years, it's been poisoning your heart and you haven't been able to move on from it. Can I tell you this morning, you are not associated or defined by what anybody said about you or what they did about you. My God in heaven has declared you are born again under a new name with a new identity and all things that become new and the things that happened to you before no longer have power over your life. Jesus died for your healing this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lay every person that's hurt us at your feet and we say we will not be stalled any longer, God. And I pray for every person here who's lost vision of where they're going and they've been wandering around aimlessly looking to things and people to fulfill something in their life. Right now, God, we, we just declare that is a worthless wandering and we leave it aside. Our eyes are set on you. Give us a vision of what you have for us, God. Just give us it one step at a time. I believe this morning God is just saying to some people, you take the first step. You take the first step, and then I'll show you the next step, and I'll show you the next step, and I'll show you the next step. If you stay in alignment and keep your eyes on me, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just declare that the Holy Spirit is welcome in this place to come and bring new life, to come and meet us in this place. Let us encounter you, Jesus, through your Holy Spirit. If you want to worship with me, I want to invite you right now up to the front. Our prayer teams are going to be here. If there's some people, that you, something you need to talk to some people about, maybe you need to tell them something that you're laying down at Jesus' feet this morning. Maybe you need to declare that there was a calling over your life years ago and you've been stuck on the side of the road and today we're going to help you pick it up and just say God is moving you forward in the name of Jesus. Let's worship him for a couple minutes.